Let's see. Sorry, I'm not listening to you right now. I'm just. Well, you should be looking at my. You might, you might learn something. All right. Uh, I guess I have like some notes on players doing specific things at some point. I'll bring them up as little anecdotes. Man, I'm so good at just those little anecdotes. Oh, you're the best. I never, <laughs> I never draw them out too long. You're the you best. That's what, what I was talking about. That's and... how you got that 20 year contract. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, yeah. All right. All right. Um, here we go. I guess you guys just want to go. Yeah. Let's go. Hello and welcome back to episode 68 of the Loogie Podcast. I'm your host, Zach, here with Jack and Andrew, as always. The Mets are 42-48, and 48, eight and a half games behind the Braves, and seven games out of the wild card. One of the worst records in the National League and all of baseball. Uh, I guess let's just get right to some uh, observations that we've made since our last episode. Andrew, how about you start us off? Yeah, I mean, I knew we were sucking, but I honestly had to do a double take when I saw 18 and a half games out. Mm-hmm. Like, at, that at the All-Star game is just brutal. I mean, I, I know Atlanta has been on fire. Yeah. And, I mean, my, even Miami and Philly have also kind of been on fire recently. Yeah. But, see, you know, we... I felt like we had a good week or two. You know, we were over 500. We played some pretty good baseball. Mm-hmm. And to still be seven games out of the wild card and mm. not even a glimmer of hope for the division is yeah. is a tough one. Um, so, yeah, it, it was, you know, a little encouraging that we played better this last week, but overall just demoralizing. Yeah, I mean, that's quite a pace we're on to finish 30 three 34 games behind the Braves. Um, you know, we were all encouraged at six and oh, uh, I was talking to my brother uh, on Sunday, as everyone was saying, huge game for us. Max got to come up big. This is a crucial game going into the break. Of course we fell on our face. Yeah. Um, so now as we're seven games on a wall card, you really got to start to scratch your head and think about what direction we want to go the rest of the season. And we're going to talk about that a little later on the category of potential trades that we may make. But, um, I mean, seven games is not undoable. We can't right. throw in a towel yet, and I think that <clears throat> is part of the thinking regarding any potential trades you might make. But mm-hmm. um, so disappointing to lose on Sunday with a chance to go in at a seven-game winning streak and just the whole mentality. But, poof, it don't look good, boys. Yeah, and especially with it being against Musgrove and stuff, that last game that we had, you know, it's kind of like a, kind of like a, you know, serendipitous opportunity, and we blew it completely. Old well, shiny. What killed the Mets that night was it was a, it, I mean, that day it was a Sunday one ten start, mm. and with the shiny ears and the position of the sun <laughs> yeah. in the day game, we couldn't see the, we couldn't see the damn ball. Exactly. You can't take yeah. on shiny ears at high noon. No, like shiny that. ears at 110, very tough. That's his most difficult time to face off against. Yeah, exactly. It's really disappointing. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, it was – I mean, it was nice to see the Mets get their first three-game win streak since May of Ouch. this year. Yeah. I mean, at least – you know – at least we had that. We know when the – the thing is, the pitchers pitched like we expected them to, and hitters were hot. So we know that 
it's weird. Everything has to be working out for this team to win. Yep. Yeah. It's like if one part is off this year, it's just been nobody's picking the other guy up. Well, what we saw was some decent pitching, and Lindor and Alvarez got hot. Yeah. So all it took was two guys to get hot and some decent pitching to carry that team to a six-game winning streak. So now we need someone else to pick it up the ball and get hot and get some decent pitching, and we could maybe win 12 out of 15 and climb back into the wild card race. I mean, and you're you're right. That's not a lot to ask for. The pitchers pitch decently and a couple guys to get hot. Yes. I mean, that is something that the Mets are capable we're gonna, of. We're going to talk about, but a few guys haven't gone hot yet, and they haven't done shit yet, so hopefully yep. we'll see what happens. Yeah, I guess let's get into talking about everybody. Um, we're going to grade the Mets halfway through the season. Mm. We're going to see how each player has done so far in our eyes. Oh, we'll start We'll start with some pitchers. Let's go with Max Scherzer. Andrew, what's your midseason grade for this guy? So I... Well, I kind of took a a different approach on Scherzer and Verlander, just kind of looking at why they're both struggling so much. And, I mean, obviously they're getting old. We we put all our eggs in the basket of two, mm-hmm. you know, combined sure almost 80-year-old pitchers. Yep. Um, and, you know, generally as you know, pitchers get older, they lose velocity. But I was looking at Scherzer, and, you know, he's down maybe a half a mile an hour to an hour on a few of his on a few of his pitches. So not like it's anything crazy, but I'm sure that's playing a bit of a role. But the biggest thing I noticed is the home runs. He has just given up so many this year. Uh He's allowed 18 already compared to 13 all of last year, which last year was a great year for him, but even still 18 at that midway point is brutal. Uh And if you look at Max's entire career, all, basically, all of his bad years are years where he gives up a lot of home runs. Mm. Uh, so I think it's not even necessarily an age thing. I think he's just getting a little unlucky with the home runs and you know giving up more than he usually would. Mm. So I'm gonna I'm gonna predict a nice bounce back second half from Max. I do think he's gonna pitch a lot better. I do think his numbers are gonna be a lot better. But if we're grading, you know, for expectations and performance so far, I'm gonna give him a, I'm gonna give him a D plus plus. Wow! The double well, pluses are already out. Wow. Yeah. Well, he did win a few in a row there during that six game winning streak, and I mean, Andrew's right. I mean, it's pitching on this level. It's about spotting your pitches. It's about putting them where you want them to be and setting up the next pitch. Because if you're not throwing his slider, for instance, he wasn't effective with his slider for strikes. So what do you got to do? You got to try to come in with your 94-mile fastball because you can't rely on some of your secondary pitches. And those are where you see the home runs. And we're seeing that also. When, when Sanga struggled, it was the same way. He couldn't get the fork ball over, the ghost ball over, and he had to come in with pitches that, are not his best pitches, and obviously MLB players are turning on him. So will Max get his command back is the question. Uh, I don't know. But anyway, I'm going to give him a C- minus because if he was 25 years old, we'd be thinking, well, this guy isn't too bad. But yeah, C-, minus. but that's very generous, really. I mean, considering what we're paying him or what we're expecting from him. Yeah, his ERA is at 4.31, but he is 8-3 and three this year. 
uh-huh. which is, you know, respectable given, you know, we've only won 42 Yeah, he got his ERA year. to like 3.8 prior to this start. Yeah, so. But he got bumped up, so that's not awful, but it's a C, it's a C minus for me. Yeah, Zach, I'm giving what, him, what you got? I'm just giving him a C. Uh, yeah. I think yeah. I think just obviously the expectations that he has uh, bring mm-hmm. a lot of negativity around his performance yep. this half of the season. But hopefully, hopefully Andrew's right and he bounces back. All right, yep. let's move on to the other old man, Verlander. Mm-hmm. Andrew, um, what have you seen out of this, this old fart? Yeah, Verlander is another interesting one. I mean, his numbers aren't that bad. He's got a three six ERA. He is three and four. Um, he's just not striking anybody out. Mm-hmm. He's, I mean, he's older. He's not. He's not going to put up insane strikeout numbers, but he's just not getting swing and misses. He's walking guys more than he normally does, and yeah. he, I don't know. I haven't seen anything that you know makes me think he's totally cooked. But it's same thing. It's not. It's not what we're paying for. I mean, he won the Cy Young last year, and he's clearly last not year. pitching at that level. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to give him a C plus. Um, uh-huh. Again, with kind of the expectations, and mm-hmm. it hasn't been awful, but not at all what we're paying for. No. Well, I'm going to go C, a little bit worse than Andrew, because he, is, he did win the Cy Young last year, and his ERA was 1.7 something, so... You know, come on, we're paying you. However, it, it should be a D, if not for the fact that the injury early in the season, he was out for a while. He hasn't come back yet fully, 100%. He's not gotten in his groove. I could perhaps in the second half of the season, after the break, depending on how Kate Upton treats him during the break, I might add. <laughs> but um, <laughs> Which is always a part of the equation for Verlander, of course. But... um. I can see him maybe coming back and getting some, regaining some of his confidence and some of his fire that we're seeing in the next guy we're going to talk about. So that could happen, but for for now, it's a C for me. That's it. Yeah, we're paying this guy ten million more dollars this year than he's ever been paid in his entire career. So um, mm-hmm. I'm gonna, I'm just going to go ahead and this uh, give this guy a C as well. I feel yeah. very similar about him as I do with Scherzer. Just disappointed in in an old man so yeah let's let's move on to a new guy a newcomer to the league kodai senga ghost fork we've seen it now turning sanganese we've seen it now we've all we've all turned sanganese um but i would say only like 15 percent sanganese i think we have a long conversion left to go still andrew how how is he uh How's he been this first half here? Our all-star. 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 Hey. Hey. Real quick. He got chosen over Blake Snell for obvious reasons. Because Blake Snell's having a bang-up, kick-ass year. Who got – somebody got hurt. Sanga was yeah, a few guys got hurt. Him. Yep. And Blake Snell should have got the call, but Sanga did anyway. But we know why. So go ahead, Andrew. I'm sorry. Do we know Kodai, you know, he's not a a real rookie. He is 30 years old, but yeah. you know, he's an officially an MLB rookie. And for his first year facing, you know, MLB talent, he has been incredible. Mm-hmm. I think he's 
been I think he's exceeded my expectations at least. Yeah. He's looked great. He's looked really good recently. Yeah. Um really the only knock on him so far has been the walks. Mm-hmm. He especially to start the year was giving up way too many. He's he's toned it down a little bit recently, but I think he still walked I think he has at least three walks in eleven of his sixteen starts. Uh, a few of those are four and five walk games, but again, the num- they're down a little bit recently. And he's he's pitched that most recent game he pitched. I think he had twelve strikeouts. Was just he was untouchable. He had all his pitches working. The ghost fork was amazing. Um, so yeah, I gotta give him an A minus. Really, the only knock being the walks, but yeah. he's easily been our best pitcher. So can't complain about that. Well, you may- mentioned his last start, which was interesting because he got fastballs three times for called strike three, which means there's a chance that he may have been getting into a certain pattern that, that he and Hefner had discussed and he got out of that pattern because oh, yeah. the fork ball was going on, this ghost fork was going on early in the count and then come back with a fastball and these guys were just frozen at the plate but yeah. the adjustment of the ball, MLB adjustment to a new country um I mean, I have to give him an A plus, not based on solely performance, but based on his whole attitude. I mean, this last start, granted, he was on fire, but the confidence and the the swagger on the mound was yep. was just fascinating to me because I'm looking at this guy going, this guy is just thinking, I belong here. I am where I should be because that's how good I am. And yep. that attitude is going to go a long way. So performance and attitude together, uh, I'll give it an A. I won't go A+. plus. I'll go A. <laughs> <laughs> well, for the same reason I think you're going for an A, I'm going to go for a B plus because I think next this next half, he's got a lot – you know, I, I think he his ceiling isn't even close yet. I think that he can yeah. perform even better. Like you're saying, at the, at the end of this half, we saw him really start to get control. Yeah, and that was obviously the major problem. Like you famously said, Jack, the balls are a little bigger over here. Bigger so ball. He's he's getting used to it, and he's he's got eighty nine pitches and sixteen starts. That's five and a half innings a game. He he yeah. he, he pitched. He, he was making a lot of pitches early on when he didn't have the control. He had the no. eight inning. He had the eight inning game. So he's gone deep before. Oh. We know he can do it. So I think I'm going to give him a B plus, which is. Definitely the best grade out of any of the pitchers by a, by a mile. Yeah, because, that, I, because I think he could have an A-plus second half. Of yeah, I mean, you make a good point. He's going to go further into these starts now. I think yeah. you can go with him eight innings and, and not worry about it too much. And don't forget, we were giving him an extra day of rest, right, at the yeah. beginning of this season. And he was still only averaging five and a half innings per game. So yeah, I think this second half he's going to pick up a bigger load and – I think he's going to be great. I hope. I hope at least he's going to be great. Well, uh, plus it added pressure on him with the performance of our of the of the two old guys. Definitely, who weren't definitely. pitching well, so even yeah. more has fallen on him. But he has definitely been equal to the task on the Ex- Yeah, extremely right. impressive. Like I'm saying, yeah, the only reason he's getting the B plus is because I think he will be A plus Good by point. the end of the year when Listen, we, when we say, regrade. Because I'll have to say A plus plus plus. Yeah, see, you're gonna have to add, so. you're gonna have to put him in S tier. And I'll sound like an idiot. So. Bring in a whole new letter. Well, let's okay. talk about somebody who has yeah. been uh, also pretty impressive this year, and is also an old man, Robertson. 
our closer, Andrew, what have, what what grade are you giving him in the first half of the season here? Yeah, Robertson, another thirty-eight year old on the team. There's there's not much you could say about Robertson. He has been the ideal replacement for Edwin Diaz for yeah. you know the money we got him for for not expecting him to be our closer. Yeah. He's been, you know, nearly unhittable. He's got a ERA just over two. He's blown three saves. He has 13 actual saves. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, c- considering Diaz is gone and as kind of a, a veteran fill-in who is going to be our eighth inning guy, yeah, he's another one that I don't think you could ask much more of him right now. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this this team... I don't know. It's hard to even say the team would look a lot different if we had Diaz in the ninth and Robertson in the eighth. You know, maybe a, f- a few more or less late-blown yeah. leads, but yeah. it's been on the starters a lot anyway. Um, yep. But yeah, I, I have to give him an easy A. He, he's been fantastic. Yes, and I'll just say A for all the reasons Andrews mentioned. We are very fortunate to have him A. A as well. All right. Let's move on to A. You're A for ass or for like A for really good? I'm A for really good. What about <laughs> oh, okay. your What was your A? What a for a? really good. Okay. A All for right. absolutely massive. Here comes Pete. Oh, my a. God. Pete A I is think up you, next. Have, you can only talk about vodka if you're going to say absolutely. Oh, sorry. Um, yeah, let's Pete talk about. A. Let's we'll go ahead and talk about Pete A. Yeah. For Alonzo, not for asshole. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Pete, Pete is an interesting one. I mean, he's got the 26 home runs. Mm-hmm. He He's hitting for power, but he's hitting 211. And he's always been a guy that, you know, the great thing about him is that he obviously can hit a ton of home runs, but he generally hits for a pretty good average, which kind of brings up those RBI numbers. He's, yeah. he's a guy who can, you know, hit a long single or a double in a clutch situation when he can get a home run and this year he just hasn't really been doing that. He's been pretty streaky. You know, you add in the, the injury that he missed some time. He still hasn't looked totally himself since he's come back. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's, it's hard to not give an A to a guy with 26 home runs, but because of the batting average, I'm going to give him a B plus. That's fair. That's fair. Jack. Uh, this one's really hard because I mean, he's hitting, his last, well, I don't know how long he got hooked. How long ago did he get hurt? Like two, two months a month ago, ago? A, month and a month and a half, maybe. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the last thirty games. His last thirty games, he's hitting one seventy. Yep. So, and that's about when he got hurt, um, or came yeah, back from one forty-seven since the injury. One forty-seven oh. since the injury. So, did he come back too soon? Um, I know he's been he's been pressing. He's been swinging at a lot of pitches he did not swing at earlier in the season. In fact, one thing I've said about Pete the last season and a half, he's become not a good home run power hitter. He's a good hitter right. because of the pitches he because of his pitch selection more than anything else. He's laying off a lot of crap. And since the injury came back from the injury, he's swinging a lot of crap because we're losing. We're 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 not hitting. So he's pressing on top of that. Perhaps I don't know what it is, but he's not himself. Since coming back, um, and so he's got like an F since he, D plus since he came back. <laughs> so I'm gonna have to go. Um, I'm gonna go C plus because he, he should know better. He should just be himself at the plate, no matter what's going on around him, which is total misery. Just be himself <laughs> and do what he does. 
All right, Zach, go ahead. I was going to give him a B plus, but since he got knocked down the first round yesterday, <laughs> I'm going to give him a B, even though it was a, he was facing a 42 home run op- opponent. That's yeah. He was that's facing a, some wicked sliders. Yeah, yeah, we know we know they were juicing the ball for the hometown boy. Oh, um, of course. You know we all know who that is. Um, yeah. So let's let's uh, move right along to another disappointment. Miss mm. Mr. McNeil, Mr. Flying Squirrel. Andrew, what's going on with this guy? I wish I knew. This is a weird one. Yeah. Um, I do think, honestly, looking at the numbers, his numbers are almost identical to what they were in 2021, mm-hmm. which was the other year where we were just, you know, kind of done with Jeff and was like, what is he doing? Yeah. Because, yeah. you know, he had those stretches where he would try to hit for power. But he's not even doing that. He has three home runs, but he's still only hitting 253. Yep. And, you know, he's just swinging at bad pitches. He kind of looks lost up there. He's, when he does make contact, it's just these little dribblers that are, you know, easy double plays or easy ground outs. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, he'll hit the, he's getting robbed a little bit. He'll get the occasional, you know, hard hit ball that the fielder makes a great play on. But, yeah. I don't know. He he just does not look like the same player. I mean, he won a batting title last year, and yep. now he's hitting two fifty three. So I don't know what to say about Jeff. It's been a tough one. Really, the only saving grace is he can play a bunch of positions. He's still been pretty good in the field. Pretty good. But, yep. yeah, the hitting is just not there. So I'm going to have to give him a D plus. Which I think hey, even that is generous. That's I mean he's looks up he's like Heine Manouche up there. Remember Heine Manouche? Oh, oh my yeah. gosh, yeah. Heine Manouche played sucks. for the Reds. He had a, what was a famous bottle bat, and Heine Manouche would just try to put the slap the ball into place. Yeah, somewhere. I think I think he was legally blind too. Well, yeah, <laughs> which is I mean, even more amazing. It's like Pete Ray, the one armed uh, St. Louis Brown outfielder in nineteen forty five. But but I think I think he 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 forgets who he is he he all he, now yeah. he's thinking about let me slap a really good pitch into play and get a hit on a good pitch instead of just letting a good pitch go and yeah. wait for a mistake pitch and driving the ball into the gaps and think about this this is another interesting thing about him and for Pete also the shift is gone yeah and these guys were shifted against every single at bat so you're thinking okay this should be better now because there's no shift. But for McNeil in particular, he's forgotten. He's gone back to 2021 and he's thinking, let me watch me punch balls all over the field and make them fall. And I'm, I'm, I'm like, I'm going to be like Heidi Manoush or we Willie Keeler. <laughs> you know, we don't want that. We want you to sit back, relax and, and drive the ball. So I don't know. He Maybe he needs at the weight room because he doesn't think he can get the ball into the gaps anymore. So, yeah. Um, very disappointing. Telly, terrible approach at the plate. Keith pointed out. Keith said he's he's back at that leaning toward first base, like yeah. uh, like Ichiro. Um, Ichiro used to hit, you know. And but he's on Ichiro. So what did you say, Andrew? D plus. Yep. D plus plus. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah. A while back, I made a mistake. I said, "Put this guy permanent five hole." Oh, you did. I, I said he was going to hit 400, I think. I love yeah. seeing, I love yeah. seeing McNeil uh, come up with the bases loaded or a guy in scoring position. I, it gives me confidence. I revoke that statement completely. Mm. If you 
told me at the beginning of this year, guys, we're going to get a combined version of Jeff McNeil from the years he was hitting the home runs <laughs> and the years he was getting a high batting average. I would be so excited, but that's exactly what we're seeing. But it's the opposite. He's not hitting and he's just trying to dribble it into gaps that aren't yeah. there that he's, I mean, maybe the shift is hurting this guy. Maybe he loved slapping it into those wide maybe. gaps, and now now maybe. he's trying to slap hey, it, you know, through tighter gaps, and yeah. he can't get it through. And I also think maybe part of what it is is he is thinking about how he's the batting champ last year, and he's the guy who could put the ball wherever he wanted last year. Maybe that's a little bit in his head. I mean, yeah. his 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 batting average of his career is now below 300. He's batting 299 career right now. So I think you made a good point though with the shift. Maybe he liked targets. He saw a place where he could sit and drive the ball. Now he's looking out there saying, where can I drive the ball? You know, I don't know. I don't know. We should have him on a next telecast to explain it all to us. (laughs) Yeah, I, I agree. And since he, and since he embarrassed me, I can talk about this with him, but since he embarrassed me, after mm-hmm. I called for him to go permanent five ball, I'm giving him an F plus. F plus. All right. Did you Which say is S like the or most F? F F plus. F. All right. I was going to ask. This is plus. the most I... disrespectful grade you can get. F Sat- plus. I, S was satisfactory when I was at school. All right. Who's next? F Marte. plus. Marte. Yeah, let's talk about Sterling Marte. What, right. Andrew? What's happening with him? This is another one. I you think wish you knew. And I, I brought this one up, I think, last time when we were talking about the guys we're most disappointed in. Yeah, and yeah. it's the same story for me. He, he's he been statistically the worst hitter on the team, even worse than Vogelback, which oh. is kind of hard to do. Oh. The, only, the only thing he's giving us right now is stolen bases. He's got 23. Mm-hmm. But other than that, he's hitting 256, which you know is is respectable. But he is slugging 336. <laughs> he has five home runs and basically no other extra base hits. Mm. Plus, he's playing horrible defense in right field. Yep. Yeah. And he lost a step. Yeah, he's it's like he's only well, he's only 34, but it seems like he is he's done. Um, yeah. it, too many times I see it come up with the bases loaded, hit into a double play. Oh, yeah. He's he's not hitting the ball into the gap. He's he's just doing nothing for us right now, which mm-hmm. sucks because I've always loved him. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. He's he, a loogie favorite. Yeah, that's been a tough. I I have to I think give him I'll give him a D minus. I don't I'm not ready to give him an F, but oh, it's been hard to watch. Yeah, he's been rough. Well, you know, and I would recommend to, to Marte at his age, 34. 35, like start doing steroids. The only problem is he's already doing steroids. <laughs> yeah, has already so there's nowhere left to go for this guy. <laughs> no, I mean, you know, just another guy who we hope turns it around and recovers some lost form until he does D. F. Let's move right. on. Lind- yeah. Lindor. I mean, just the effort in the outfield. Obviously, he's banged up, but like, yeah. it's like it's like having a grandma out there. It's like yeah. he's, he's limping towards balls. Yep. Lindor. Let's talk about him. Uh-huh. Andrew. How about Smiley? How's he doing? Smiley has, in my opinion, been fantastic. I think he's been probably the best player on the team. 
Whoa. Yeah, I'll, I'll say he's been the best player on the team. I don't know if that, maybe that is a hot take. Oh. Then again, that's not, again, again, that's not saying much. Yes, that is exactly. That is definitely not saying much of this year. But yeah, he's he's. I mean, he always plays fantastic defense, but this year I think he's he's brought it up another level. And recently he has been hitting fantastic. I know early in the year we were a little down on him because of the batting average, yeah. but last yeah. month he's hitting two eighty seven, eight home runs, OPS over a thousand. Mm-hmm. He leads shortstops, and I think almost every batting category this year, at least for the NL. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he, he's been, this is, I think, what we paid for. I do think I would like over the season, yeah. the batting average to be a bit higher because it is still low. Yeah. But what he's been doing recently has been fantastic and hopefully he'll keep it going. But I wasn't going to give him an A+, but since I said he's been the best player, <laughs> I guess I have to. Um, I would, realistically, I, I'd give him like an A or an A-, minus, but I'll give him an A plus. Well, he is he is getting paid a lot of money to do these things. However, and it's <laughs> right. I mean, in the last thirty games, wow. he's, he's batting three hundred, and he's and he's got a uh, OPS of over seven hundred. So I mean, his last fifteen games, so he's been very hot the last month. Yep. Um, and it's funny because that coincides with our our decline into nowheresville. Um, with him getting hot, so but as Wait. a shortstop, as a defender with a power bat, um, here's another guy who obviously is going to continue to get better this season. He's got off to a slow start, I managed it, particularly the batting average. The power was there, the RBIs were there, but Nimbo's heading the table and Marte before he got cold. So, anyway, eh, you know, this guy, I don't know about this guy still, but I'm gonna, give, had... I'm gonna give him, a, I'm gonna give him a B. I give an A, but that 239 average, which was 220 for quite a while, prevents me from giving him the A. So I'm going B, but I'm glad he's on our team. Despite everything I've said, I'm glad he's on our team. That's very sweet of you to say. You know, you've really hated Lindor for a long time. It's it's big of you to to give him that nice grade. Um, I love a power-hitting, great defending shortstop. Were you talking about... Um, Lugie's decline into Nowheresville or the Mets decline into Nowheresville? <laughs> Probably both. Okay, yeah, because I, I was thinking, if you're talking about Lugie, maybe maybe us being off the air is giving him some confidence back. I don't know, maybe... I mean, obviously, it's not giving the Mets any confidence, so we're going to air this episode, but Lindor yeah. seems to be obviously hot right now. Yeah. He's, he's left a good taste in our mouth going into the, going into the All-Star break. Yeah. But, uh... Yeah. Yeah, I'll give him a good grade. I'll give him an A minus. I like him. Okay, I mean, he's yeah. playing a solid D. You know, he mm. cut his hair. He's gone with the I with saw the that buzz cut. I think he's going to take the rest of this season very seriously, and I'm I'm excited that he's on our team as well. He's he's just a he, he's he's a gamer. I love him. Let's move yep. on. Right. Alvarez, the other Francisco. He's mm. um. He's been pretty decent, Andrew. You know, we have not talked about him oh. really at all yeah. since he came up. But now here's our chance. So, Andrew, lead us <laughs> off. The troll. The troll. Alvarez. I didn't know that he was embracing that nickname, but then I saw it. He has it on his uh, his chest protector right under his mask. It says Beautiful. it, which is that, awesome. That's the kind of guy he is, apparently. Yeah, but Sweet. he... I. I love him. He's been yeah. fantastic. 
Definitely that's a bit true. streaky, but that's to be expected for a 21-year-old catcher. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. you, there's not enough good things to say about him right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the power is obvious. He's got 17 home runs. I think leads all catchers. OPS over 800, which, again, for a catcher is absurd, and especially a rookie. Huge. Mm-hmm. And then the defense has just been unbelievable. You know, I think if maybe he if he had come up with the pedigree of being a great defensive catcher, maybe I wouldn't be all that impressed. But uh-huh. everything we heard was he's got to work on his defense. You know, hopefully he can stay at catcher long term, but we don't know. But mm-hmm. it's been great. He's not throwing out runners, which again I still kind of blame on our our pitching. Yeah, and the yeah, rules and definitely. the rule changes too. Yes, that too. Yeah, but absolutely. everything else has been fantastic. I mean, batting average a bit low, but again, power catcher. You're not gonna get. He's not gonna hit 280. Um, yeah, I. He's been amazing. Maybe maybe I'll. Yeah, I'll give him an A. No, A plus, A plus. I love A him. plus. I mean, 17 home runs in 66 games. So a catcher maybe will catch 140 games. So he's on a. A 35 home run pace right now, mm-hmm. um, over a full 162 game, 140 games that he would play. Um, honestly, if I had to buy a Met jersey today, Ooh. and I don't buy my jerseys based on performance, I base my jerseys based on the man. Wow, this kid, I think this kid is just amazing. Yeah. I mean, this kid is a tough son of a bitch. He he comes to play, he comes to win. He's all business. He ain't smiling out there at everybody hugging opponents on the base pass. Why you laughing? You know who I'm talking about? I don't know. know. Anyway, the guy who Andrew said the best player on the team. I mean, and he's built for a catcher. I mean, that squatty body of his is just built for a catcher. But I, I, I'm not. You know, I don't. I don't read the paper. I don't. I don't go online and read Met stories, but. I love this kid. This kid is freaking amazing. This kid's a throwback. I hope he stays <laughs> humble. I hope he stays the way he is. But this kid is is just gold. I mean, if you're going to build a team around one player today, there aren't a lot of players ahead of him who you would pick. So you're not going to pick a 30-year-old or 28-year-old player like a Trout or a um, Whoa, Jack! You're getting ahead of yourself here. I think I'm just saying. You better be knocking kid, on. You better be knocking on. Uh, I'm telling you, watch this kid. You're knocking on wood. You're jinxing it. This is Carlton Fisk. This is Johnny Bench. <laughs> this kid is going to be all that. I'm sorry. I mean, he is putting up Johnny Bench home run numbers in the in, in no. you know his first whole season. So you know, this isn't. This is not luck. This has been made. He um, is the real deal. I look. I've 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 been watching. Baseball since Yogi Berra was a catcher. All right, not Yogi Berra, not quite. Uh, back, but since Ron Hodges was a catcher for all you old-time Met fans who are listening, but this kid is the the real deal. I'm going to give him just a an A because I know he could do better. So, I all right, kid. yeah, I'm going to give him an A plus because I didn't have, you know, I didn't really have any expectations or, you know thoughts that this guy's got to be the guy and he has been the guy so i'm gonna give yep. him an a plus yeah um he's a ball of energy out there man when he oh yeah when when he's out there he is bringing energy and he's he's a lot of fun to watch i've seen him i mean he throws behind guys at first a lot yeah which, yeah which is kind of fun i like when he does sure. that 
he hasn't missed yet that I've seen. I'm sure he's maybe overthrown Pete once, but I haven't seen it. And it's, you know, obviously that'll happen every once in a while, but he's, he's pretty good at it. I've seen him get some guys. It's pretty fun to watch him do that. It's fun to watch him get a single and interact with Kirby over there. The two big, big round boys on the team getting along. Well, I like to see that. And he's obviously had some huge moments for us already in his Mets career. So yeah, I'm gonna give him an A plus just because I had zero expectations and Very good. exceeded expectations and, at the dish and defensively. Like you know, it's amazing. I mean, Navarre, who's who's the other catcher? Uh, Narvaez. He's a nice player, but yeah, uh, he's become like wait, maybe they <laughs> platoon, maybe they'll share the duties. No, that's all done with. He's yeah. a highly paid backup at this point. So, yeah. Anyway. All right. And honestly, he's one of the reasons I like to turn the Mets on now. Absolutely. I want to see Alvarez behind the plate. The kid's a, the kid's a beautiful thing. Yeah, right, not, what's not a lot to watch the Mets for, but he's one of them. Uh, Jack, 100%. Jack, you got news on the luckiest Met player in history. Well, who is, who, who no, is no, no luckiest Met player today. Oh, not in history? Is no. that already taken by that guy who has that contract? <laughs> what's his name? Bobby Bonilla. Bobby Bonilla. Bobby Bonilla. Yeah, yeah, I guess you could probably call him Lucky's Man. Who do you think is Lucky's Man player uh, in, it, in, in 2023? Is it Vogelback? Yes, of course it's <laughs> Daniel Vogelbad. Daniel Vogelbad. How is he still on the team? It seems like every time he's about to get cut, somebody gets injured. <laughs> or some reliever gets sent down, and we don't need that guy right now. You know, yeah. it's like he's always like – we or. Or who, who are we gonna trade him to? We yeah. nobody wants this kid. Nobody Absolutely. wants. He's not even a kid. Nobody wants a trade for this guy. Not even some worthless single A prospect. Nobody wants this guy. But we just can't <laughs> seem to. Sh- There's nobody out there better who we are willing to trade for. We're not gonna. We're not gonna part with somebody decent to just slightly upgrade this lefty DH. <laughs> This guy's a stiff. He's a bum. He's crap. Gary Cohen, <laughs> when Vogelback hit a home run a few weeks ago, and Gary Cohen, you can hear Gary Cohen go, man, Vogelback hit a home run. Shit, he's not going to be on a team for another week or two. Um, yeah, the most Cohen, dis- I promised you. Oh, this, think, this is just awful. I think the most disappointing, or not disappointing, annoying part about this is he is so often shown in the dugout. I swear, every yeah. time something good happens for the Mets, they pan yeah. the dugout, and it's on him, his fat chin hanging over well, the... How could you miss him, the big fat piece of shit? He's laying on the rail all the time. He's hanging over the rail. His hat is off. His hair's, like, all over the place. And he, he must be dating Steve Cohen's daughter or something. I don't know. It's a joke. This, Nelson Cruz just got released by the Padres. Please, please take Nelson Cruz over this guy. Oh Cruz God. can hit righties and lefties. It doesn't matter. Get Nelson Cruz for goodness sakes. Oh, this I mean, is I, it's, it's an embarrassment. This guy, I, <laughs> this guy can't even play independent. He couldn't even play in a, in a college wooden bat league for goodness sakes. Oh, my gosh. He's terrible. I won't ask. If he was, if he was oh a double A, he'd be hitting 230 in double A. <laughs> I won't oh. ask. I won't ask you what's bothering Jack this week. I think I know. Nuts. I know Andrew's in love with this guy. He's got some <laughs> metrics on this dude. <laughs> but I'm sorry. This is an embarrassment. 
Yeah, Andrew, you're a now, I'm I'm all out of excuses <laughs> for Dan Vogelback. I don't uh, care if he got an RBI. What about those two infield singles for goodness sake? <laughs> two infield singles in one game. Oh, the most annoying I, thing about it to me is it's not like he's really ever been all that great in the past. He had one good year. He hit <laughs> right. 30 home runs. Yeah. Last year, he was okay. He hit 18. But usually a guy like this, it's like we're – Hoping to you know reclaim some former yeah, great yeah. season, but he's never really been that good. So yeah, yeah, I'm I'm over it. I'm done with him. We shouldn't have a DH who's you know who, do I don't shit. know how many home runs he has, but yeah, five. No place on this team. Oh what do you guys What do you guys think about this? Since Degrom obviously can't pitch anymore, we uh-huh. sign him as a DH and we put him in instead of uh, Vogelback. Honestly, he would hit better. He would hit well, better. I'm I think you, he would. Not for nothing, but Lo Castro was coming off the DL. And what's this DJ Stewart? Where'd he come from? Yeah, just how do you have DJ coming. Stewart and Vogelbach on your team? They I, I mean I think they're going one less reliever in the pen right now. But it's like, how is DJ Stewart and Vogelbach? It's one or the other. So maybe DJ Stewart will replace Volkelbach when he decide he need to bring somebody else up or somebody else back. But um, well, the Cashos do back. But I mean, if we were winning the pennant right now, if we were leading the East or at least in the wild card, you might want the Castro to play defense and pinch run and steal some bases. But when you need offense, you need base hits. You need you need more than what the Castro could bring. There's yeah. no chance of him coming back and replacing Volkelbach. Uh, in this lineup, unfortunately, but um, or at least replacing him on a roster, I should say, because um, he wouldn't replace him in a lineup. He would just be another like a spare, nice, nice bench player like we've had in the past with um, all, you know, all these various speed guys who could play some defense yeah. in the yeah. outfield. Anyway, I had uh, one. Just, I had a piece of shit. I had one note on this, and you guys can combat me on this if you. Think I think he's a bad good. luck charm. Um, we should get rid of him. <laughs> go ahead, go ahead Zach. What were you uh, going to say? I have written down here the quintessential Vogelback at bat. So it's <laughs> it's it's two balls to start. Two balls he's looking. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, and the first one he's like raising his hands above his head on oh, the yeah. inside pitch. Oh yeah, he's looking for the walk all the way. Definitely. So so he watches two balls. Now now he's waiting to be walked. He is literally once two balls are pitched, he is just there's no chance he is swinging. No. So then he sees Two fastballs right down the middle. Yep. And it's two and two. And now Vogelback switches at a pitch low in the dirt. This is <laughs> right. th- that that's about every yeah. single Vogelback at bat or, that I have. Or he'll foul a ball or two off, and then the guy will just miss on the outside part of the plate for ball four. I just want to say this specific quintessential Vogelback at bat I was watching happened. The ball happened to get past the catcher and he bumbles he bumbled over to first like he's <laughs> bumbling over to first and the guy threw it over the over the first baseman's head and he got on <laughs> it was the most vocal back at bat i had ever seen i mean talk about luck he strikes out on the worst one of the worst you know at bats ever now, i swear everyone that i see first pitch of the at bat it's like an inside pitch and he he literally raises his bat above his head and kind of like sucks in his gut. <laughs> but usually it still is a strike. Yeah. And then always when I've seen, it's always two strikes, 
and he like looks at a pitch like knee high for a strike and he just turns around and goes back to the dugout. Yep. yep. And then everyone everyone on the bench is saying, How the hell is he still on our team? Yep. And then he pops yeah, he pops his gum, he shakes his head. Yep. Sits down. Yep. You know, if he gets fatter, he'll be more of a his belly be more of a target for potential hit by pitches. <laughs> Maybe that's what he's going for. I don't know. I think if he gets fatter, <laughs> if he gets fatter, he's going to be about as good at hitting as uh, a Roberto Colon. Can you look? Can you see him like DHing for the Long Island Ducks? You know, some independent <laughs> league somewhere. <laughs> That's exactly where he belongs. Long Island Ducks. Well, I think I said it last episode. I think they're they're fattening him up to become Mr. Met's head. They're just going to make him a baseball and then they're going to, he's just, he's a mascot is what he's he gonna, is. He's going to be like greeter at Walmart next year. I guarantee it. <laughs> <laughs> Walmart greeter, Daniel Vogelbach somewhere in Arkansas. X-Met. Well, Andrew, you got any on X-Met's? We talked about that last week quite a bit. They got anything? Two weeks ago, huh? Yeah, my my X Met watch is going to be focused on the pitchers that we right. decided not to re-sign. <laughs> yeah. uh, so we're looking yeah. at Bassett, Walker, and Degrom, mm-hmm. and they're all. I mean, obviously, Degrom's the obvious one. You know, he came up, he pitched great, yeah. and then now he's out for the year. So, you know, bringing him back would have really done nothing for us. And then Taiwan Walker's numbers are okay. I mean, he is 10 and 3, but I think that's more to the Phillies offense than his pitching. He's got a 402 ERA. Yeah. I think on this team, he'd probably be 5 and 5 or something like that. Yeah. And then Bassett is kind of a similar story. He's got a 419 ERA. Again, he's he's 8 and 5, but. I think that comes down to the Blue Jays also having a pretty good offense. Uh-huh. So I think even if even if we brought back all three of them, or maybe even just Bassett and Walker, yeah, I don't know how much better this team is. Yeah, I mean wash, anything man. anything's better than you yeah. know Carrasco and Peterson out there. Yeah, but at the same time, I we're probably still hovering maybe slightly over five hundred. Yeah. So I don't know. It just feels like this is a, a doomed season from the start, yeah. but. I think letting those pitchers walk maybe was still the right call, despite how this season is going. Yeah, I mean, with Quintana out, it's hard to truly evaluate all that. But you're right in the end. Yeah. It's a wash. They're okay. They would have cost us about the same amount of money that you know the guys we brought in would have cost us. But yeah, it, it's a wash pretty much. I mean, we have other problems that are much deeper than that. And like you said, their ERAs, their whips are not all they're not uh, killers out there. So anyway. Jack. Right, what's next, Coast? Coast? Jack. Coast? Right. You had uh, you had something you want to say about stolen bases. We got to talk well, about Well, you know, I think it's what's overlooked is our spectacular percentage of, of stolen bases complete. It's been pretty amazing. Um, what, is this, uh, what are we, uh, 70, 72 out of 80 or something crazy like that? Yeah, I mean, it's just like big numbers. So I did a little look at to see how compared it was last year. And actually, last year was not that bad either. I mean, although we have more stolen bases now, of course, how many fans on the team said so that adds a little more. But I look at Alonzo, <coughs> McNeil, and Canna last year 
were 12 of 14. This year, they're 14 of 14 already. So the percentage is better, and we're already past the normal stolen base we had last year. Mm. Last year, Lindor, 16 of 22. He's already 13 of 14. Mm. So we're already, he's he's up there. Marte, last year, 18 of 27, 66%. And this year, 23 of 20, already he's got five more stolen bases all last year. So I think all this, of course, goes back to rule changes. For one, for yeah. two, regarding Alonzo, McNeil, and Canna, you don't expect them to be stealing. No. So I think they're picking their spots very well, as they did last year, having gone 12 of 14. This year, they're 14 for 14. But this year, Pete, McNeil, Canna, Lindor, Nimmo, who was 3 of 5 last year, 3 of 4 this year, he should be stealing more. Uh, and Marte, uh, 53 of 59 at 90%. Last year, those same six players were 49 of 68, 72%. So they're up from 72 to 90%. Uh-huh. They've already stolen four more stolen bases at all of last year. So... I just thought we should at least mention that we are very good at stealing bases right now. That's all I have to say. Yeah, I don't know. Is that like, did you look at any league-wide stats or anything like that? No, I didn't. I didn't. I mean, I thought about that too. Like, what's the whole league doing? Because obviously with the rule change, you'd expect there'd be more and and a higher percentage. And I'm sure there is. But um, so at least our players, we get a little insight into – into yes, that is the that is the case, and so I'm sure that's that's true across the board. Yeah, we'll do a little uh, league wide research. Andrew next. has an assignment apparently. Uh, <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? I think the only thing that's really interesting are borderline guys. I mean, look at Lindor, 16 of 22. Now he's 13 of 14. So I think it's mm-hmm. a lot of guys in that in that fifth. The most interesting guys to me would be the the guys who had 10 to 20 stolen bases last year. What are they doing this year? So they obviously they have the capability to steal, not a lot, but they have. They're not like speed teams, but they can steal. And so those are the guys that would be most interesting to see. How do those guys who had averaged like in a 15 category last year? What are they doing this year? So anyway, I'll I'll take that on for next week. Absolutely, Jack. The way to step up there. I got it. I'm all over this one. You're going to be amazed. Remember last year, last week, last last week, (laughs) that quarter bomb stuff I gave you. No, you can't get that anymore. That was a bomb. Yeah, the stuff. And the the stuff about Bellinger's kids. You get the full stats next week on uh, on middle of the road stolen base guys. All right, what's next? Uh, Eduardo Escobar trade. Andrew, break it down for us. Yeah, Eduardo was, well, I think personality-wise was a fan favorite, maybe not so much performance-wise. Right. Um, so I, I think he, it was, you know, it's Beatty's position at this point. He had kind of been delegated to a, a bench role, which he he was playing pretty well at, but with the money he's getting and, you know, he's only getting a few at-bats a week, not really worth just having him come off the bench. So I think trading him was the right move, kind of regardless of what we got. And we got two, we got two pitching prospects that I don't know a ton about. Yeah. Um, but since the trade, he's he's kind of doing a bit of the same. He is hitting 262, but it's basically all singles. His slugging is 310, OPS of 582. It's our, it's only been 12 games, but right. I I do think 
that was the right move. I think he was getting traded at some point, no matter what. Um, I think the struggles of Beatty, which maybe we'll talk about next, are are making it a little bit tougher, but I don't think having him on this team really does a whole lot for Ooh. us. No. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it was, even if the return was not much, it was probably the right move. Although he could have been a left-handed DH, but... but... Well, that is true. <laughs> but but he did... That. We know we have a lot of weaknesses on the farm. So mm-hmm. we have a guy who wasn't getting a lot of opportunity in Vogelback versus Escobar at DH over the long haul. Probably not a lot of difference. So here's a guy who could actually bring a return. Let's trade him. They're both dub- both in double A. One guy is hurt. Uh, he had a whip of like 0.6 before he got hurt. Although last year at double A, he was not that good. They're both just, just six foot. Six foot 175. The other guy's six foot 190. So I, you know, I don't know. <laughs> I don't really see the one of these guys actually making the leap. Want the, but despite that, you know, we, we we're built up our farm a little bit and we need to be doing that. So. I don't. I don't see it as a terrible trade. I think we could have got a little bit more, maybe, but, um, you know, it's okay. It's not going to impact us in any way. Yeah, those guys were a couple of Eddie Gadels, am I right, Jack? Goodell, you know it. I oh, was it Goodell. Oh, I think it's Goodell. I maybe not be Gadel. I don't have to. I have to Google it. I try to pull an old school reference for you. You shoot me down like that, Jack. You, put, you shoot me down. <laughs> And bring back the midget. I mean, bring back the short people or whatever oh. they say. All right, what's next? What, did, you, did you just talk about Beatty already, Jack? Yeah, we did. Great. Trading. But I will say this. Brett Beatty <laughs> is a guy who could maybe be, for a little stretch, the Lindor or the Alvarez. He needs to take the next step in his progression and get hot for like a nice little – six to ten game stretch where you're just knocking the shit out of the ball and carrying the team. He just might be that guy here at some point in August or September, but we'll see. Next. Okay, so you think his next step is to carry the team. That's why I like For at least a little stretch. Get hot, (laughs) get big, hit some dingers. Yeah, have a streak. Even if it's three or four games, you're you're like red hot. You're right. Just show that it can be done. He hasn't made that statement streak yet. I, mean, I like, love his like swing. I love his potential. He's got major league star written all over him. We'll see. All right. What's next? All right. Um, let's talk about the Mets trading situation. Uh, who could go to improve the Mets? Well, let me just – I'll let Andrew lead off if he has any thoughts. But let me just say there's two ways that this can go. Do we want to try to sneak in on the wild card? So those are the kind of trades we might need to make at some point. Um, the other route will be once we start to suck and it looks like there's no hope for us at all, who we could possibly peel off and, and get some prospects out of the deals. So, um, Andrew, do you see us making deals to make the team better at this point? I think we'd have to go like 10-0 and 0 in our next 10 or something uh, and yeah. show a little bit of life. Mm-hmm. Because you know any any trade we're gonna make obviously is gonna take prospects, and like we right. just said, our farm is already pretty weak. We have you know a few good names, but nothing crazy. And you know if we want to make a splash that's gonna 
you know, push this team forward. It's probably going to take Ronnie Mauricio or one of our top pitching prospects. Yeah. And, you know, with the, where this team is at, I can't see that being worth it in the long run. You know, it, it would be nice to have Ronnie as a, maybe a corner outfielder or, or something, or, you know, second base, move Jeff to left field in the future. Yeah. So I, I would like to keep him. Uh, so, yeah, I, I see us trading away some of our talent just to get mm-hmm. something for it. I can, I mean, fam is, fam is the number one guy that will almost have to go. Right. You know, he's on a one-year deal. He's having a great bounce back season. I could see Canna going. I could see, um, who was my third guy? Oh, well, D- Robertson. I could totally see oh, him going out of Vino. Yeah. Um, I, I think really anyone that's doesn't have a contract for next year that, yeah. isn't named Alonzo should be for sale right? because yeah, I think we just got to kind of strip it down and see what we can do next year. Yeah. I mean, the thing is we could potentially make a deal like the angels did to get Escobar in terms of improving our left-handed DH situation. Um, yeah. some, some, I hate to say his name, but you know, like a rough type of guy on the right-hand side, but someone on the left-hand side who, who hits righties, if we could get a guy a couple minor leaguers to improve that slot. Although I don't, I haven't looked at it. I don't know who's out there right now. Who's 34, 35, 36 years old. Who could a left-handed bat who can help us. So that's the only way I could see trying to improve us. We've got the, got the relief, the relief pitcher who I think lengthens our bullpen. I don't see us doing a lot more to help the bullpen because between Smith, Ottavino, uh, Rayleigh, uh, you know, and of course, Robinson closing and now got, we've got five, four or five guys in that middle relief zone. And I, that, that's about as best we can do. So we're fine there. It's just a question of improving our left-handed batting situation. So that's all I could see we might try to do. And it would just be some scrap heap dude who's, you know, better than Vogel bad. Well, um, is Cody Bellinger available? Because mm. this guy's been on a tear. Andrew, mm. tell, us, tell us about what Cody's been up to since we last talked. It's Bellinger watch time. It is definitely Bellinger watch time. It's honestly pretty amazing the way that the Lugie curse has hit <laughs> Cody Bellinger <laughs> this year. You know, he was having a you know an okay start to the year, and then we talked about him once, and he just went so cold he was hitting under 200 since we last brought him up yeah and then since the day we recorded last episode he's hitting 436 he's got an ops over a thousand he has a hit in every game but one and he's played in 15 games since that episode and only one of them has he gone hitless and quite a few of them has he he has two hits (laughs) So what a guy. We just we reverse cursed him so hard. It's it's comical at this point. You know, if you guys weren't engaged, Bellinger could throw some of his old girlfriends your way for all the help (laughs) you you've you've given him. I mean, I mean seriously. What the hell? I mean, I'm married, so I really can't. Well, I think his son is the real reason he's been stepping it up. Okay, okay. (laughs) But if I'm the Cubs, I'm like Let's wheel and deal, baby. I'm dealing this dude. I'm like, give me some prospects. Are you kidding me? 
Uh, of course. I painted a twenty. I I I painted Bellinger name on my back, baby. I don't even know what number he is, honestly. Oh man. <laughs> but, but I, I got his name on my back right now. Well, I guarantee. Okay, Loogie, watch. I guarantee <laughs> this guy is dealt before the trading deadline. He's really? gone. He's gone. So. I mean, Absolutely. I guess his stock is as high as it's going to be. Oh, way higher than it will ever be. He is gone. Yeah, what is he? Th- hey, is there an all-star game tonight? Yeah. Are you watching? I ain't going to watch it, no. I don't think I'm going to watch time, it What time's the first pick? I'm too busy. Probably soon. Yeah, it's 8 o'clock right now, so it's probably like right now. Honestly. I mean, I guess maybe we should watch, but. Should we? I mean, nah, I've seen it before. <laughs> I've, ne- I've honestly never watched an entire all-star I got, I'll tell you a quick all-star yeah. story, okay? Except that old all-star stories. I'm watching on YouTube. I'm watching this game is the oldest game, full game available on recording in color. All right. September 30, 1967, Fenway Park, Twins at Red Sox. The greatest pennant race in the history of Major League Baseball. This is when there were only 10 teams in each league. Four teams in contention going into the final weekend. Anyway, so here it is. It's Twins at Boston. Jim Cott is on a mound for Minnesota. To, pitching to Carl Yastrzemski, two Hall of Famers. Yastrzemski laces the line drive down the right field line. Tony Oliva moves over to retrieve the, the, the line drive bouncing toward him, who is a Hall of Famer. Right. He throws it into the second baseman who's playing the cutoff position, who is Rod Carew, a Hall of Famer. And he throws over to first to try to get Yastrzemski off the bag. The first baseman is Harlan, Harmon Killebrew, who is a Hall of Famer. So on this one base hit, this single to right, yeah. I've got Cott pitching to Yastrzemski, retrieved by Oliva, relayed into Carew, and thrown over to Killebrew at first base. Five Hall of Famers touched the ball, either with hand or bat, on one so single bat. Was the distribution of Hall of Famers different back then or something? What's the I, story? I, I don't know. That's a very good question, because I was thinking the same thing. I mean, there were less teams then. So your percentage of Hall of Famers may have been greater as a result. Yeah. But um, I'm just sitting there going, holy shit, I just watched five Hall of Famers, you know, come in contact with the ball in one way or the other. That was a really, really interesting play. So anyway. now Jack, I have a question for you. Yeah. Have you by any chance been watching the 1972 uh, NFL playoffs? On YouTube, <laughs> why? Why? I, everyone's coming up. But Zach has been on my YouTube. You now you're on my YouTube. I what? think you're on my YouTube because I keep getting all these old <laughs> games suggested to me, and I'm it's so you? confused. It's you? Because because I I was watching YouTube a few months ago, <laughs> and so this guru that Zach watches comes up on my watch list. <laughs> So you're both coming up on my watch list. Now, all I know is I go on my stick, I, I just click on YouTube, and I start watching something. 
<laughs> Although now I'm logged in as Andrew. I was logged in as Zach. Oh, wow, yes, I did watch. I did watch the '72 oh, NFC Championship. So confused. You like, went from Rock. You went from. I was getting Ramdas. I was getting Ramdas. <laughs> and now you're getting John Madden. And now I'm getting uh, Andrew stuff. So I don't know how is that happening. I have no idea. I don't know. Uh, we'll figure it out. There's, yeah, no log in. There's no login or anything. I'm. It, just... must, it must. It must have been when um when Andrew was in Bristol. Yeah, maybe you I must signed have in. in on your oh, YouTube. Okay. Or yeah, yeah. Well, there you have it. Well, if I knew how to sign out or log out, I would. <laughs> yeah, make, make your I'll own try. account, man. I'll try. Yeah, I'll make my own account. <laughs> I promise <laughs> I'm going to try tomorrow. Let me put so, on my list of, list of things to do. <laughs> so, so that means you have been watching the 70s Super Bowl, right? Oh, I, I was trying to get some old NFC games. Yeah, NFL, NFC games. Yeah. That's but nice. Sometimes when I wake up at 3 in the morning and can't get back to sleep, I'll go watch an old, old, old game. Andrew, if you start watching, you guys could start a 70s NFL podcast. Yeah, I'll, I'll go back and watch all the ones. Oh, Lord watching. have mercy. <laughs> and, and the Arsenal goals compilation. Yeah, baby. <laughs> all 102. <laughs> Oof, man. Oh, there were so stuff. many great goals last year. Anyway, okay. All right. Let's, let's close out this podcast. I think we've done it all we can. But you guys did watch the Home Run Derby last night? We did watch the Home Run Derby. Andrew. All right, well, good, because I didn't. So let me know what happened. Andrew, do you want to uh, you want to start us off on that? Sure. Yeah, we, me and Zach watched it last night together, and we had a great time. We had a great time. I think Excellent. despite the the product on the field. <laughs> yeah, dude. It's um, what was wrong with the product? Well, it was an ESPN broadcast first oh, of all God. with uh, oh. your friend Eduardo Perez oh, uh, on the mic. What did you oh. say? Socks in his mouth or something like that? Sock sales? Yeah, he's, yeah. Got, he's got he's got jock straps in his mouth. <laughs> Dirty jock straps found in high school locker rooms. Whoa, whoa. That nobody wears anymore. Oh, the, ew, that's <laughs> disgusting. That's true. That's nasty. <laughs> anyway. Um, but yeah, I I think yeah, you know, me me and Zach had this conversation last night. I think you know the the MLB tried something cool by doing this new home run derby format where it's time-based and you got guys just hitting them over and over and over again yeah. mm. but it gets to the point where you know you're just seeing a lot of home runs and it's kind of boring and you kind yeah. of like lose track and you're not seeing them go out because you got to see the pitch the next pitch coming oh. and then you also don't really care about the matchups and no. i don't know I, I think maybe we need to go back to that old format where it was outspaced and it's a little slower, but you watch every ball go out and a little more strategy yeah. or something. Because when a guy's hitting 41 home runs in a round, it's cool, but you you don't see half of them. You're just seeing him swing. So I don't know. It, it, it got old kind of quick. Yeah, we also talked about, like, um, we watched this uh, Wiffle Ball channel on YouTube, and they have a home run derby. And uh -huh. they, you know, they have, like, a couple of, interesting things to spice up a normal home run derby that are entertaining they've got if you hit a certain spot ah. over the fence it's a times multiplier for that one ball yeah or if you ground out to a certain spot like if you hit a liner and it hits an obstacle that's yeah. an automatic like five yeah. second deduction or something like that you know just something to make it a little different than a guy swinging because because like andrew's saying you see them swinging but you don't see the ball landing you just see the number go up on the thing and then you see 
you know, honestly, what's become a huge part of it is how fast it's going off the bat. And we all know that's just an ad for Google, right? It's just, this is Google Fastcast. You know, this is... Exavilo is a big thing on this? Oh, man, it was, it was in, oh, it was like in front of the, joke. in front of the batter before every, I mean, after every single swing, it was like, oh, that, oh, that one was 109. And also, oh, Andrew, you know, gosh. Andrew mentioned the bad broadcast. There's a... I don't know who it was, Andrew. Who who was it that kept just mentioning places in Washington? Like he's hit that one to Mount Vesuvius or yeah, whatever. Oh, Lordy. Whatever it was. What's God, the that made me so mad. I yeah, haven't he, I haven't oh, cared to learn that guy's name, but Mount Olympia he, or something? he was he was driving me crazy. Olympia, yeah. So he did his research. He learned about state of Washington landmarks. Congratulations. Yes, yes. He, he mentioned several yes. cities as well, and me and Andrew looked them up. Oh, my God. And they're in the opposite direction of the direction they're hitting these balls. Ah. So uh, the, the only way he's hitting them that, you know, into those specific places is um, circumnavigating oh, the planet. So he's such an idiot. He <laughs> didn't even do the research to figure out the direction of where the right. ball's going. Absolutely. I mean, may- maybe he should have said that. Would have been that would have been <laughs> smart. That would have been at least mildly palatable. All right, something Very in the di- something in the direction. Oh, what an idiot! Of uh, <sighs> of where they're facing, but I, it, it it's not that. It wouldn't have been that bad either if he didn't say it. Like every bomb, like every home run, which is you know, oh, there's a lot no. during the home run derby. He's, Maybe he would. Did they bring in some like the local color guy in the Mariner broadcast? I wish. Um, I don't think so. I think it was just an ESPN guy. And sad. Yeah, he mentioned that that one mountain like eight times. I think they told him <laughs> yeah. to switch up his reference because it was like just yeah. the mountain. At yeah, first. he just kept saying Mount Rainier every time. Yeah, Rainier. That's the one it was. He kept what saying Mount idiot. Rainier. And like, well, isn't you know, there like, isn't Saint Hel- Mount Saint Helen over there somewhere too? He didn't even mention that one. Well, the, the typical ESPN production then is so sad. But you know, I mean, I was watching Peacock Sunday morning, and they have uh they have their play by play guy, but there's two color guys. They're both color guys from. Remember, I was asking this question a few weeks ago. But they they take one guy from each booth. Yeah, local guys. Ah, and it that's is so good. Genius. That's fun. That's fun. And you know they used to do the World Series like that. They would in the late sixties, early seventies, they bring in the local guys to be part of the broadcast team, which made it way more interesting because they could give you some interesting tidbits and insight that the national guys aren't doing. They're trying absolutely, to be absolutely. funny and such and such. But anyway. Yeah, and there's even a little bit of, like, heat there with having a guy from each, you know? There's a little yes. bit of, like, one guy one guy pulling for one and one guy pulling for the other. Right. Like, you don't want to not – you don't want an unbalanced booth, but it is fun to have one guy going one way and one guy possibly going a little bit the yeah, other they way. Even, they yeah, had, they had fun with that, too. They even had yeah. fun with that, you know, so that was I bet really they nice. did, yeah. That's yeah. fun. For, it's always – I mean, think about if you're at the bar. It's fun to watch with a guy who's rooting for the other team, right. you know, and kind of – especially a knowledgeable, a knowledgeable guy. A knowledgeable guy. Right. That's, that's cool. They should, they should definitely yeah. do that for the World Series again. Maybe we can definitely. put some – Maybe Lugin can put something like that together if the Mets ever make the World Series and then, you know. I mean, the ever. thing is, <laughs> on Sunday night, they're trying to come up with something that other guys on all these local telecasts don't come up with. But guess what? They 
it's already been covered. Everything you could talk about has already been talked about. So when Cohn and Eduardo Jockstrap Perez yeah. start talking, it's like <laughs> we've heard it all before. We know what you're talking about. And Perez, forget it. Just a bunch of cliched bullshit anyway. He doesn't know what he's talking about. So oh, another thing that wasn't great is they were having players interview players. <laughs> yeah. But oh they were but, but they were having the ESPN booth guys feed the players questions in live time. Oh, and they shit. were asking players who were answering in Spanish. So it was just like, yeah, we're just going to listen to this guy ask, hey, how, what, what, what can you do better uh, next time you play in the home run derby? And then they're just answering oh, yeah. in Spanish. And then Eduardo Prez, you know, is translating oh, the most, you know, he's translating the most, you know, basic answer to what can right. you do better, which is like, yeah, I can probably oh, pull, the, pull, pull the ball more next time or something. You know what I mean? It's just like it's stupid. So like they're trying things, but in the laziest way. It's just embarrassing. Yeah. But hey, we had fun watching it. We did. Oh, yeah. Well, Have, there, yeah, were, like, there were some impressive inform- performances, I guess we should talk about. Uh, Rushman, Aldi Rushman, or yeah. Adley Rushman, he right. switch hit, which was the first time I ever seen that. Because you get like a 30 second bonus automatically at the yeah, end yeah. of each round and he batted lefty in the beginning and then for the 30 second bonus he batted righty and mm. every pitch he saw batting righty he hit a home run so that was pretty hmm. cool to see and then we saw um the guy who beat pete julio oh, yeah. rodriguez hit 42 home runs yeah which was yeah. pretty cool yeah anything else you noticed andrew that uh, you want to mention no i mean vladdy won it my pick from the beginning that was um, your pick yeah, I didn't know who won until you just said it. I had no yeah. idea who won. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. No shit, I had no idea. Which, once again, like we've seen in a lot of recent home run derbies, didn't have the best performance yep. out of he all right. the didn't participants. Get tired. He, right. He but he went up right against time. the yeah. right man. You know, he yeah, played that's he okay. went against Mookie Betts. That's okay. Like, yeah, that's, the way the, that's the way the cookie crumbles. Right. right? Absolutely. But, you yeah. know. Just goes to show, maybe it's not the best way to run things. I'll remember that. <laughs> All right. Are we done? All right. This counts as our three-hour. Uh... No, no, it doesn't. No, no. Oh, it was kind of long, though. Maybe it should. You know. Yeah. Maybe well, we're talking. We're going on an hour forty here. Yeah, yeah I'm just gonna leave an hour twenty of silence uh... at the end. <laughs> yeah, and that'll be, be our three-hour special. I just, yeah. I just felt like it was too impromptu to be our three-hour special you know well let's put it this way we covered a lot of things tonight and we we did we, we, did. we really did so i don't i don't have i i'm spent i have nothing else i i got nothing else to bring to the table here how many tequilas in are you well i had that wayne that wayne garland segment that was my best i i should have a throwback segment every show i agree you know not a long one but just something to talk about that how things have changed, how things are different, or you know, some noteworthy way things used to be, how things are like I said, how things are different. I'm not saying better or worse, just different. But well, wait a minute. Did I do the Wayne Garland thing? No. <laughs> Son of a bitch. Wait, I have a great I have all kinds of notes on the Wayne Garland segment. <laughs> Because when Zach said he signed a 20-year contract last year, right? Yeah, yeah. I said, oh, a Wayne Garland, a Wayne Garland contract you signed. 
And I was going to tell, I was going to say that one of our listeners called in, uh, emailed me and said, what did you mean by the Wayne Garland contract? Uh, and I have a whole page of notes about what a Wayne Garland contract is. Yeah, and, I saw um, it down there, but I thought you were going to save that for next episode. So I, I just never got, I forgot all about it. Yeah, you specifically said this is going to be the last segment, and then... <laughs> I did. Well, I'll save it for next week, then. Yeah. I th- the, Wayne I Garland, the Wayne Garland thing is, is just a fascinating, a truly fascinating story of the infancy of free agency. You know, free agency has only been around since the mid-70s. Before then, once you sign a contract with a team, you're with that team forever. You could not get out of it. You were with them forever. Really? So you had to negotiate a contract year to year. Most players were signing one-year deals. And then you would sign the next contract for the next year. And sometimes every holdout, some holdouts were very famous back then um, about, you know, negotiating a trade, a deal. But you, you were just done. You, you could not move around. Were and people finally, upset with the holdouts? Yeah. And it, well, sometimes you're upset with the player. Sometimes you're upset with the owner based on who they thought was, you know, more deserving or not deserving. But finally, the Kurt Flood went to court in 68 on this issue and lost. But then Catfish Hunter went to court in 75 and won. Cooler cooler nickname, I think, is why. Yeah. And once he won, that opened the floodgates. Now everybody, once their contract was over, was a free agent, free to sign with any other team. But that wasn't until 75. So there's a lot of, Ralph Connie used to tell stories about his contract negotiations every year um, because he played for a shit team, a cheap owner, but he hit 50 home runs. And it was, every year was another battle about how much he should be paid every year. So but uh, the Wayne Garland story is interesting um, because of the type of contract he signed, which I'm not going to get into detail right now. But yeah, we'll um, talk. We'll finish this uh, next episode. Well, this won't. This won't be on Lugie on this podcast, will it? I mean, we haven't really wrapped it up yet, but I mean, we can cut it out. Well, I don't want to give Andrew too much work to do now. Well, I, I think it think was gold. Can... Maybe we'll leave it in. Yeah, I think I think you just left us on the edge of our seat there, honestly. All right, ne- tune in next week for the Wayne Garland <laughs> story. Yeah, rate us, rate us five, ten stars, eleven stars, whatever. All right, whatever you guys think, you guys are in charge. Right. Thanks for listening to another episode, Dang. guys. That was uh, yeah. that was fun. Woo! We'll, have, we'll have to do it again sometime. Yeah. Another another eight weeks. We'll do another one. All right. Good night, then, Mark. Uh, good night, the people of uh, Uganda. Good night, Thank Finland. You. Good night, Finland, too.